motherfucker. You know who I'm talking to. Yeah, you that motherfucker that betrayed your homeboys and you ain't shit. Yeah, you about to get your motherfucking ghetto pass revoked, motherfucker. Fuck ass mark, bitch made. Fuck ass quick in a basket. The nigga you love to hate with a new song. So what really goes on? Nothing but a come up. But ain't that a bitch? They hate to see a young nigga rich. But I refuse to switch even though. Cause I can't move to the snow. Cause soon as y'all get some dough. You wanna put a white bitch on your elbow. Moving out your neighborhood. But I walk through the ghetto. And the flavor's good. Little kids jumping on me. But you, you wanna be white and corn. Living way out, nigga go home. Spray painted on your house. Trying to be white or a Jew. But ask yourself, who are they to be equal to? Get the hell out. Stop being a Uncle Tom, you little sellout. House nigga scum. Give something back to the place where you made it from. Before you end up broke. Fuck around. And get your ghetto pass revoked. I ain't saying no names. You know who you are, you little punk. Be true to the game. Yeah, motherfucker. When you first start rhyming, it started off slow. And then you start climbing. But it wasn't fast enough, I guess. So you get your other style of test. You was hardcore hip-hop. Now look at yourself, boy. You done flip-flop. Giving our music away to the mainstream. Don't you know they ain't down with the team? They just said they boss over. Put a bug in your ear. And now you're crossed over on MTV. But they don't care. They'll have a new nigga next year. You're out in the cold. No more white fans and no more soul. And you might have a heart attack when you find out the black folks don't want your back. And you know what's worse? You was just like the nigga in the first verse. Stop selling out your race and wipe that stupid ass smile off your face. Niggas always gotta show they teeth. Now I'ma be brief, be true to the game. Yeah, motherfucker, I see you got your fancy cars and shit. But you know what? You still ain't shit. That's right, I caught you slipping. You know I could've got you. Yeah, but I didn't even trip. A message to the Oreo cookies. Find a mirror and take a look, G. Do you like what you see? But you're quick to point the finger at me. You want to be the big fish, you little guppy. Black man can't be no yuppie. You put on your suit and tie and your big clothes. You don't associate with the Negro. You want to be just like Jack. But Jack is calling you a nigga behind your back. So back off, genius. I don't need you to correct my broken knees. You know that's right. You ain't white. So stop holding your ass tight. Cause you can't pass. So why you keep trying to pass with your black ass? Mr. Big. But in reality, you're shorter than a midge. You only got yourself to blame. Get a grip, Oreo, and be true to the game. And Ice Cube practices what he 
reaches. He continues to live in South Central Los Angeles, and he puts his money into projects that improve the neighborhood. Be true to the game. You will now tune in to No One Watches Regular News No More podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Bogar. This is episode 16. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the first story. Bond denied after 18-year-old admits to sexually assaulting 7-year-old Chicago girl during e-learning. Now, certain acts are not forgiven. In my book, certain things cannot be forgiven. This is one of those things to where if you harm a child, whether it's verbal abuse, physical abuse, in this case, it's sexual abuse. In my opinion, this act cannot be forgiven. Um, the guy's name is Contrell Walls. He's 18 years old. All right, so a man is charged with sexually assaulting a seven-year-old girl during an online e-learning session, according to police. Now, what he says on why he did it is very bizarre. It's very strange. Okay, he was charged with predatory criminal sexual assault. Again, he was charged with predatory criminal sexual assault. Police say he was seen in an online forum involving a sexual act with the child around 1.30 p.m. Thursday at a home on the 200 block of East 89th Place, he was taken into custody that same day. The seven-year-old girl was taken to Comer Children's Hospital, according to court documents. Walls, who was 18 years old, was denied bond and admitted to police that he actually performed, uh, made this young girl do this sexual, this sexual act on him. This is sexual assault. At around 1 p.m., the girl, a first grader, was on a break period but left the camera. On. So the camera was left on. A few minutes later, the teacher heard two students say, what's going on? What's happening? Court documents state, the teacher told the other students to log off and observe walls, forcing the seven-year-old girl into oral sex, according to court documents. Authorities said walls admitted to the incident and said over and over again, I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Department of Children and Family Services is investigating while next court date is scheduled for Monday. So he forced his seven-year-old girl to perform a sexual act on him, a sexual assault, and he don't even know why. And it's scary to know that a adult, a 18-year-old male, and this is a black male, would go this far and forced this young girl to perform a sexual act and the camera is on and the teacher sees the whole thing happen. You know, you you have to ask the question, what is going on in our society to where these men are targeting young girls? Right now, you know, it's, it's a big push for pedophiles. You know, you... Every single time I read the news, I always hear about a case of a young child being assaulted, abused. Um, and right now in America, they're trying to normalize this. You know, it has to be, children have to be protected. And in this case, you know, he should be locked up, in my opinion, for the rest of his life. For doing this to this young seven-year-old grade, first grader. You know, but... What's going on in our society for a 18-year-old adult 
to sexually assault a seven-year-old girl, a first grader. And then when asked, you know, he just said over and over again, he don't know why. He don't know why. He just did it. So this is very scary that this is happening right now in our society. And these people that are involved in these sexual acts, they can't even explain themselves. They don't know why they're doing these things. And it's a very, very scary thing. All right, so this next story, uh, billionaire Robert Smith admits evading taxes for 15 years. Um, it says right here, uh, Smith concealed income and evaded taxes for 15 years by using foreign trusts, corporation, and bank accounts to cheat the IRS. Smith, who is 57 years old, Smith, avoided prosecution only by cooperating in a case against Robert Brookman, a Houston businessman accused Thursday of using a web of Caribbean entities to hide $2 billion in income and with prosecutors called the largest U.S. tax case ever against an individual. Smith committed serious crimes, but he also agreed to cooperate, said David Anderson, the U.S., attorney in San Francisco, Smith's agreement to cooperate has put him on a pathway away from indictment. Smith signed a non-prosecution agreement in which he admitted he made false filings with the IRS even after he attempted to enter amnesty program in 2014. He agreed to pay more than $139 in back taxes. $139 and $39 million in back taxes, interest and penalties after a four-year investigation first reported by Bloomberg News. He will cooperate for five years. Smith admitted he used $2.5 million in untaxed funds to buy and renovate a vacation home in California, paying for it in 2005 with private equity funds from an account in in the British Virgin Islands. In 2010, Smith moved to Switzerland for a time and bought two ski properties and a commercial property in the French Alps, all with untaxed money in the Swiss account. Smith, who owns several homes throughout the U.S., now lives in Austin, Texas. So this dude is no different than a lot of billionaires and millionaires who try to hide their money, their assets, and, you know, they try to get away with paying less taxes. Um, you see you see this all the time with a lot of wealthy people. They try to hide the, their assets. Um, Robert Smith is, is no different. Just because he's a black man, it does not mean that he wants to get away with paying less taxes. You know, we people got on Donald Trump. For not paying his taxes. Well, Robert Smith is no different. Um, the fact that he gives out money, you know, to charity and other things, that does not make up the fact that he don't pay his taxes. Like, you still have to pay your taxes. It's your civic duty. Robert Smith uh, evaded taxes for 15 years. At some point, you got to just pay your taxes, man. You can't avoid it. Um, the longer you avoid it, the worse it gets. But now, in order for him to avoid uh, indictment, he has to cooperate with authorities to help bring another guy uh, forward, another guy from Houston, a businessman, Robert Brookman. 
and the colonists the largest U.S. tax case ever in, uh, against an individual. So we'll, we'll see what uh, this goes. But Robert Smith, man, pay your damn taxes, man. Don't avoid it. Man, you got more than enough money to pay taxes. You're a fucking billionaire. Why would you? I don't understand why do billionaires and millionaires avoid paying taxes. Just pay your, pay your funky ass taxes and be done with it so the IRS does not be on your ass. All right, y'all. So the next story is about actor uh, Thomas Jefferson Bird. Uh, he was a star of many Spike Lee films. Georgia man charged with the killing of actor Thomas Jefferson Bird, star of many Spike Lee movies. I did this story in one of my previous episodes. I wanted justice for Thomas Jefferson Bird. He was 70 years old, y'all. 70 years old, a victim. Um, a man has been charged with the shooting death of Thomas Jefferson Bird, a popular actor who was gunned down near his home in Atlanta earlier this month. Again, he was 70 years old, y'all, 70, who worked with director Spike Lee on multiple films, was found with several gunshot wounds to his back on the morning of October 3rd, authorities said. Following an investigation into numerous tips from the public, police on Friday arrested Atlanta resident Antonio Rines, who is 30 years old, and charged him with one count of felony murder. Police have not released any details of the suspect's alleged involvement. So there's no further details on why and what happened, but uh, hopefully justice is served in the case of Thomas Jefferson Bird, the well-known, well-loved actor who starred in many Spike Lee films. Again, Georgia man charged with killing of actor Thomas Jefferson Bird. The, uh, the man was charged with one count of felony murder. Police have not released any details of the suspect's alleged involvement. So hopefully the family gets some closure. And, uh, and it's sad to see that a great actor... Has was uh, whose life was cut short by a a crime that's complete nonsense, a violent crime that's complete nonsense. So hopefully the family gets closure. So thank God that uh, justice will be served in the case of Thomas Jefferson Bird. All right. So the next story is about Sharon Stone. Uh, Sharon Stone is a, a, a actress. Right now she's sixty two years old. She has three sons. And I'm going to read to you an article of what she was talking about as far as dating. And you can tell that she's online with the whole feminine movement and and men should not be masculine and men should be emasculated and men should be emotionally vulnerable and care more about women. And, and this is the thing about society. Society has shown that when it comes to men and how we feel, Society does not care. You're seen as weak. You're seen as less of a man if you don't stand up for yourself, if you don't have certain traits that a man should have. So dating for men in America is very difficult now because men are finding the dating pool very shallow. It's very shallow. So there's opting out men who have money. They're opting out of a dating American women and they're going elsewhere. To look for potential wives. Just recently, uh, Young Jeezy's, I guess his girlfriend or his 
fiance, the woman that's on the real show, the talk show, said that she wanted to be submissive to her man and women got offended by it. They were so offended. Um, and this is an example of how dating is in America now. Men are finding it very difficult to date American women. Um, in this article, Sharon Stone is says she's done with dating. She's had with dating. She wants to spend more time with her family, her friends, her three sons. But the article gets very interesting because of how she teaches her sons about how they should be masculine. Like, imagine a woman teaching men about how they should be masculine. Well, that's exactly what Sharon Stone is doing. And this is exactly why she probably does not would end up being alone and not having a man. So Sharon Stone reveals she, that she's had it with dating. She's done with dating. So she was on the Drew Barrymore show. Again, she's 62 years old, divorced twice. She views dating as insecure and not worth the time. I don't want any insecurity. Game playing, Stone's, uh, says Stone, adding that she doesn't need an another kid. In other words, she views men as children. Like, I don't, I don't want to be messing around with a, a child. Well, how about you find a man your age? I feel when it comes to emotional maturity in relationships, men and, men and women are in different spots. That's what she's saying. In 84, Stone married, three years later, got divorced. In 98, Stone married, got divorced in 04. So Stone's life, love life, came back in the spotlight in December last year when the dating app uh, Bumble shut down her account because other users had reported her profile, believing it to be fake. Stone has three sons. She says she was determined to make sure that they grow up to be emotionally mature. So in other words, she wants to want wants her sons to be as less masculine as possible. They'll start up some kind of conversation, guy conversation. I'll be standing there and they'll go, we shouldn't be doing this in front of mom. And I say, you know, you shouldn't be doing this in front of each other, she, she said. So she does not want her sons to be men. As men should be. Men talk about guy stuff all the time. Men will talk about women with other men. Stone believes that such behavior may stem from societal perceptions of masculinity. So right now in America, women are trying to change how masculinity is for men. How men should view it. Men should be emotional. Men, it's, it's okay to show your emotions and blah, blah, blah. There are certain misunderstandings about power and what it means to be masculine and what it means to be powerful and what it means to be important, she said. I'm trying to teach my sons the, that the ideas that men have passed on about what it means to be powerful and important might not be wholly correct. And might ultimately benefit them. So as a woman, she's trying to teach her men, her her boys, her sons, 
about how to be masculine. How about you get their father to talk to them? This is why men are finding it very difficult to date American women. Because of the whole feminine idea that women do not need men. Women want to control men. Women believe men should be less masculine and, um, and blah, blah, blah. But Sharon Stone forgets that in society, in our world, as men in America, it does not care about how you feel. It has shown us over and over again when it comes to our opinions, our emotions, society does not care about a man. You are only valuable if you bring something to the table. You are a man. You're only valuable if you can take care of a woman. That's your value. You're only Value comes when you provide something. That's when you get unconditional love. That's the only way a man will be loved if he's able to show that he can take care of a woman. That's the only way he has any value. Other than that, a man has zero value when it comes to society. But women are trying to change how men see masculinity. And that's the problem I have. And women should not be putting their nose and trying to dictate how a man should feel for his emotions. When I know for a fact, society does not care. So here it is. You got a woman that's 62 years old, divorced twice, three sons. And she's saying she's done with dating. At this point in your life, it's not the men, it's you. If you've been divorced twice as a woman, it's not really the men. It might be you. And that's how I view Sharon Stone now. Like a lot of women, both black, white, whatever. This is the normal thing for a lot of women. And women have to stop trying to tell men how they feel. All right, this next story is a local story out of Fort Worth, Texas. 30 people charged an alleged meth ring that operated at a Fort Worth clothing store officials say. Officials say 30-year-old man who owned a clothing store in Fort Worth was the leader of a meth ring. That included 29 other people. Johnny Ray Rodriguez Jr., who owned Funky Town Swag on Westbury and 29 other members in the ring, have been charged with drug crimes. The Office of U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Texas, Aaron Nelly Cox, announced Friday in a news release. 21 of the defendants were arrested Wednesday. Five were bunted over from state custody and four remained on the run. The attorney's office said all 30 have been charged with conspiracy to possess with the intent to distribute controlled substances. The ring was led by Rodriguez, who was aided by his cousin, Jonathan Rodriguez, 31, and his girlfriend, who was also 31, Chelsea. Based on surveillance, Wiretaps, interviews, and investigators, investigators determined that dealers working with Rodriguez allegedly distributed kilogram quantities of crystal meth out of Funky Town's back office as well as several trap houses, a local motel, and a car wash, the office said. They also tried to erect, erect a meth conversion lab inside a home in Fort Worth, Texas. During the arrest, investigators seized 16 kilograms of meth, 9 ounces of heroin, and 9 firearms. 
Again, uh, all 30 were charged with conspiracy to possess with the intent to distribute controlled substances. Again, 30 people charged in the alleged methylene in Fort Worth, Texas, color store, officials say. All right, so uh, this is another story of a uh, entertainer slash rapper trying to come up off the uh, U.S. government, which they thought. But this guy uh, ended up making a music video, a song about it, and bragged about it. Now he's being prosecuted for it, for what he did. Uh, anytime you try to think that you can scheme the government, the U.S. government, or the IRS, you end up paying for it greatly. So this guy is Nuke Bizzle. All right, Nuke Bizzle, rapper who bragged about getting rich from unemployment scheme arrested for fraud. Nuke Bizzle, again, Nuke Bizzle. A rapper who made a music video to brag about getting rich from coronavirus unemployment benefits was arrested for applying for more than $1.2 million in aid, the Justice Department. Frontrail Antonio Baines, who uses the stage name Nuke Bizzle, was arrested in connection with alleged scheme to obtain unemployment insurance benefits under the Coronavirus Aid Relief, the Economic Security Act, CARES Act. The 31-year-old who currently, currently lives in California had applied for more than $1.2 million in jobless benefits, according to prosecutors. Bain possessed and used 92 debit cards issued by the California Unemployment, uh, excuse me, Unemployment, Employment Development Department, EDD, in the names of third parties, including victims of identity theft. The rapper and his co-schemers allegedly accessed more than $704,000 of those benefits through cash withdrawals, including Las Vegas, as well as Purchases of merchandise and services. Baines bragged about his ability to defraud the EDD in a music video featuring Fat Wizard, posted on YouTube September the 11th. In the video, he boasts about doing my swagger for EDD. He holds up envelopes from the agency and says he's getting rich by going to the bank with a stack of these. You got to sell cocaine, I just file a claim, a second rapper says. Bain was arrested by Las Vegas police on September 23rd and was in possession of eight debit cards, seven of which were in the names of other people, according to the statement. He faces three fairly offenses, aggravated identity theft and interstate transportation of stolen property if convicted of all these charges Baines will face 22 years in prison 22 years in prison in a federal prison excuse me for his role in this alleged scheme so another rapper slash entertainer like the guy from Pretty Ricky thought that they can come up and scam the government scam the US government and get away with trying to claim unemployment benefits and this dummy uh, went and made a music video about this and bragged about it in a time where people who actually need this money 
applied for it can't get it. But this dummy applies for it and gets the money. But as a result, he's trying to scheme and, and get by. He thought that he would be able to finesse the U.S. government. He thought wrong. And as a result, he has to pay for it. So this guy is facing three felony offenses. If convicted of all these charges, Nuke Bizzle Baines will face a maximum sentence of 22 years in federal prison. 22 years. Based on what the fuck he did. Uh, this is just another example why you shouldn't try to finesse people. Why you should not keep up with the Joneses. Rapper who bragged about getting rich from unemployment scam arrested and is facing now, if he's convicted, 22 years in prison, in a federal prison. All right, so this next story brings me to the uh, title of this podcast, Black People Are Black People's Property. We act like we are. Recently, Ice Cube, recently Ice Cube uh, went and talked to people associated with Donald Trump, his administration. Ice Cube never endorsed Donald Trump. People jumped on him. Whenever you are a successful black person, your blackness will always be in question. Your loyalty will always be in question. Black people ask, regular black people ask celebrities to do more when they do more. And they don't do it the way that they expect them to do it. We have an issue with it. That means black people are never satisfied. You can never have black people completely satisfied with what you did. That's why I like Michael Jordan. He's so lucky. He do, he does everything under the D-Radar. He don't worry about the opinions of black people. We act like we own each other. Like I'm, you're my property, I'm your property. That's not the case. In this article... P. Diddy talks about a race war, and it's so ass backwards in what he says. This is an example of what I mean. It's the political immaturity that we take on. We're completely immature. We don't know how to have constructive dialogue without having an argument. We cannot even disagree on things that's just... We cannot disagree on fundamental things without calling each other a sellout, an uncle Tom, blah, blah, blah. So Diddy warns of a race war if Trump wins re-election and announces a new political party. Now, this article was very bizarre because Diddy says one thing and it contradicts what he just said. Sean Puffy comes Diddy. Is no longer threatening to hold his vote hostage this upcoming election. The hip hop mogul has officially endorsed Joe Biden, but it's because he believes there's no other option. It's why Diddy hopes to change the political landscape by moving forward. In an interview with Charlemagne the God on for Revolt TV, Diddy warned Americans we are on the verge of a civil war. It would not be a civil war. It would not be a race war. It won't happen. 
If Trump gets elected, I really do believe in my heart there will be a race war. There will be a race war, Diddy exclaimed. This man is really trying to turn us against each other and it puts us in a situation America messed up. Diddy noted that Trump has done a great job of rattling America. White men like Trump need to be banished. That way of thinking is real dangerous. This man literally threatened the lives of us and our families about going to vote. Diddy said. The, the entertainer then referenced Trump's message to the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. While not, again, they always do this shit, denounce white supremacy. We're in a war, Diddy added. We're in a war of love versus hate. And this is the thing. Why, if you're Diddy and you make so much money, why are you worried about white supremacy? Diddy is a, what, a, a meaner, beaner. Why are you worried about white supremacy? I know I wouldn't be. The number one priority is to get Trump out of office, like the, the fear of having him in. So you have to have him out of office because you're afraid of him. If people in America want a race war, they'll not vote. Fear mongering. The rapper stated, this is what he said, that he would be holding the black vote hostage until Joe Biden adopted a black agenda to address issues plaguing the black community. Although he, he's disappointed the former VP hasn't done more, D said there's no other choice but to vote Biden in. He just said that he's, he wants to hold his vote but he has endorsed Joe Biden. He has accepted the fact that Joe Biden is not the best option. But he's the only option that he has. That's what Diddy is saying. It would be irresponsible of me to have us hold our vote hostage. Who's us? When, when, when he says hold us, our vote hostage, what, what do you mean? This is what I'm saying. Black people act like we're each other's property. It would be irresponsible of me to have us hold our vote hostage as if P. Diddy is the, the gatekeeper. Like, he's the one that determines whether if we vote or not. It's not his place. But it would also be irresponsible of me to let this moment go by and not do everything I can, I can to make sure that going forth, we are part of the narrative that we own our politics. That's why Diddy, who identifies as an independent, is launching the new political party, Our Black Party. Our Black Party numbers one goal is to unify behind a black agenda. That said, he declared, knowing it doesn't matter if a person is Republican or Democrat or independent. We have to seize our political power. So his party, what he's saying is Our Black Party. Diddy made it clear he doesn't view Biden as an ideal candidate, but added, we have one job first right now, and that's to get Trump out of office. But between COVID hitting us and because we weren't organized from this election, we have no choice now. So we're desperate. We're so desperate now. We have no choice. Now to get Trump out of there, he added, it's, it's a shame. It's our, it's our responsibility that we 
did not get anything out of Biden in the in the uh, place he's in after the primaries. Again, he added, it's a shame. It's our responsibility that we did not get anything out of uh, Biden in, in the place he's in after the primaries. Did he continue? When you look at it, we don't have no choice. You can say what you want about Biden. I can't say I love the pick either, but hey, we got to get him in office. Then we got to hold him accountable. We sound so fucking desperate. It's a shame. We, it's, it's shameful that we sound so desperate right now. The rapper emphasized that it's important to stay focused on Trump right now. But let's start to fight our futures. And politically, the only way to do that is by what we're doing with our black party. He added, we're on the verge of being extinct. This is a fucking lie. Diddy expanded on our black party. The danger of the President Trump winning re-election is a series of tweets. In a series of tweets. Again, he talks about the race war. The number one priority is to get Trump out of office, he wrote on Friday. We can't allow this man to continue to try to divide us. The people that have the most responsibility should be scared to death of this man are white people. We are on the verge of a race war. There is no race war going to happen. I guarantee you that. Diddy added that while it's important to get Biden into the, into the White House, it's equally as important to hold him accountable. How? How? If Joe Biden wins, how are you going to hold him accountable? As black people, we're, we're on even a topic of real discussion. We can no longer stand for doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results like voting Democrat, for, for example. So, so I'm launching the, one of the boldest things I've ever launched. I'm launching a black political party with some young black elected officials and activists. So Diddy wants to start his own party. It's a political party called the Black Party. That's what he's saying. But this is the thing about this whole article. He knows Biden is a horrible choice, but he says, we don't have a choice. You sound desperate. Now you're saying, well, let's begin our own party. The black party. But right now, the number one goal is to just get Trump out of office. That's the only thing. Why are you so worried about who's in office? As a black man, as a black American, I'm not that worried about Donald Trump. I'm not. And it's a shame that we have to steep this low to talk about a race war, to talk about how dangerous Trump is. It's fear-mongering. Why do black people feel as if we own each other? Why do we feel this way? Black people are black people's property. We act this way all the time when it comes to politics. I'm sick of it. You don't have to just vote Democrat. You can vote Republican, you can vote Libertarian, you can vote the Green Party. Stop thinking that you own each other. And I hate this belief, this concept. It gets on my nerve. It's the, it's the main reason why we can never go nowhere. Like Diddy having the Black Party. You, can, you can't name your party the Black Party. 
and then say, well, we're going to, it won't be just for Democrats, it'll be for Republicans. You don't even agree with black Republicans now, so how can you openly say, well, it can be Republicans? No, it's not. It has to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard, the black party. You can't name your party a black party. It's, it's, it's beyond stupid. This is why I, I say when this election is over with, I can't wait. If Trump wins, I'm going to laugh about it. If Biden, if Biden wins, it's, gonna, it's going to be a disappointment for us. And I guarantee you, the same people that went to bat for him and all endured Joe Biden in four years, they're going to be sad about it. They're going to be disappointed that he didn't do more than they thought he should. But black people, stop thinking that you are the property that you own other black people, especially these older, these older people. Like you own the vote. Like it has to be your way. No, it doesn't. There's nothing that's written down that says you have to vote based on the group's vote. It does not exist. Black people are black people's property. We, we act like it all the time, and it's a shame that we do. All right, so that uh, concludes my podcast. No one watches regular news no more podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Bogar. I will be back real soon with episode 17. Y'all have a good day.